At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Time action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Prime time action rolling along the third and final hour here on the final Thursday of February. I'm Jeff Parles. Wes Reynolds is here. Kelly Bidlin, the only regular who's been here all week. Kelly, I, I got to say, you, you've kept us in line enough. This week, hey, someone's <laughs> got to do it. You know, someone's got to do it. Yeah, we, we are constantly shuffling positions. Dude, I, I bet he looked at that schedule and saw our names on the dock. It's like, oh my goodness, what I, am I going to do? With I these mean, two? What, what might blow your minds even more is that I requested you to. So look I at mean, that. I guess I'm the crazy. Person. <laughs> He's a glutton for punishment, isn't he? <laughs> Kelly, have we officially set the record for most college basketball bets in one night on the show? No, I'll have to add it up because you're, you're breaking the record every night. So well, yeah, well, yeah, it's going to be hard to break it tomorrow night because mm-hmm. there's just not enough games. Come on, get the it. Ivy League games out. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, we'll have I, we'll have Ivy League is, tomorrow. Uh, we'll Manhattan have, playing tomorrow? Bet on them. I we'll feel have, like they uh, play every Friday night. Canisius, are they playing? Actually, actually, we have uh, we have Akron in Ohio to begin the night We do tomorrow, have Maction. We do have Friday Ooh. night Maction. Uh, uh, kind of a mix of games. We've been getting a couple Big Ten games. Uh, speaking of the Big Ten, Indiana, the alma mater, gets a much-needed win, and they do get the cover. Maryland hits a late three, by the way, if you had the total at 135. 74 to 64, your final. Hoosiers now go to 17 and 10, 8 and 9. They are, depending on which bracketologist you subscribe to or put stock into, one of the last four ends, kind of in that muck right now. But this was a game they absolutely had to have. So, uh, Indiana, our Indiana, Indiana, we're all for you. Dancing like this kid. That was that was that was a great winner video Thank that I have you, not seen this. I've been catching a lot of heat for that one. I like that kid. Wait a second. The little man's got some moves. The Hoosier two-step there. It was man. That looked that would look like me at like the uh, Hendricks County Fair or something down there <laughs> in uh, Brownsburg in uh, Avon, Indiana. Rather. There we go, Kelly. What do we what do we have going on right yeah, now? Let's do some updates. We'll start over in the NBA. We got a bunch of games going on here. Uh, one note before I get to it: uh, the Bulls. Let's see, the Bulls right now with a forty-eight to forty-three lead. Demar Derozan watch tonight, boys. There's two twenty-five left in the first half. He's got twenty-two points. <laughs> oh boy. He did not like what we said about him earlier in the show. He said, right? "I'm not letting Zach Levine be the ball hog. I'm going to be taking the shot." So forty-eight, forty-three. Yeah, a little over two minutes to go in the first half. The Bulls four and a half point live favorites. Two twenty-one and a half the live total in that game. Pistons with a lead. West eighty-seven, eighty-three, nine minutes remain in this game. Pistons uh, switch to a live betting favorite four and a half and two eleven and a half. 
the total there. Uh, Celtics up on the Nets at halftime, 67 to 52. Celtics 15 and a half point live favorites, 228 and a half the live total. Suns uh, up on the Thunder at the half, but only by three points, 48 to 45. Suns eight and a half point live favorites, 205 and a half the live total. Grizzlies and Timberwolves all tied up at 52, one minute left before halftime. Grizzlies, we're, like, we're seeing basically pre-flop numbers here. Grizzlies two and a half and 233 and a half. Over on the ice, bunch of games going on. Devils lead in the Penguins five to one, 16 minutes wow. left. Wow, yeah, Penguins game. have been kind of hot lately too, and Devils taking it to them. The Rangers up on the Capitals, 2-0, 13 minutes left in that game. Uh, if you wanted to get in live on the Capitals, you can get 11-1 on them on the money line or take plus uh, 2.5 goals at minus 115. 3.5 is your live total juiced to the under. Blue Jackets up on the Panthers, 3-1, 15 minutes left in that game. If you wanted to hop in live on the Panthers, plus 370 on the money line, 6.5 your live total. Wild and Maple Leafs. Tied at one, second intermission, Maple Leafs minus 140, Wild plus 105, four and a half the live total, juiced to the over. Predators lead the Stars one to nothing, six and a half minutes left in the first period. The Predators minus 320, live Stars plus 220, five and a half your live total. And over in college basketball, let's see a couple of the ranked games going on. Uh, Memphis gonna get a looks like they're gonna get a win over Temple, seventy-one to fifty-eight. Four minutes remaining in that game, and then I even marked down on my uh, my sheet for tonight: Seattle University at Utah uh, Utah Valley, twenty-eight twenty-four at the half. Utah Valley uh, live numbers there: Utah Valley five and a half and one thirty-five and a half. Can I just bring up one uh, since we're naming conferences that we have not named probably in primetime action history tonight? I, I got to give you another one here. Because there is, there is something going on with a team that made the tournament last year. They're now in the whack, of course, Abilene Christian. They're playing Lamar tonight, who is absolutely horrendous, Wes. At the half, Abilene Christian leads 43-20. to 20. That's not the story, though. Lamar has 20 points and 22 turnovers in the first half. <laughs> uh, turning it over like uh, Lamar Luttrell and Revenge of the Nerds at the Greek Council uh, Carnival uh, with the uh, throwing motion. Uh, by the way, uh, <laughs> you could give me a, uh, a loser video here, and this was a tough loser, by the way. Had Marshall within the number against Middle Tennessee State. I took oh. seven. By the way, it was 70 to 65. Marshall fouls, but they also get a technical foul oh. to uh, to go ahead and put that. So Middle Tennessee gets four foul shots. Marshall in the number pretty much the whole time, not within the number when it mattered, though, with their four zeros on the clock. Man, that's... That's horrible. That yeah. we, we were trying for the desk middle there. Yeah, you, that put me in a surly mood, even with the uh, Indiana victory Man, tonight. That's so. that's a brutal one. Uh, I was hoping we'd get the middle home with you getting yes. Marshall home, me yes. getting Middle Tennessee minus two and a half home. M my bet got court martialed. Yeah, I would <laughs> different spelling, of course. I would say so. Uh, by the way, uh, because of the because of that uh, ridiculousness I just said, I'm taking the second half under in the Abilene Christian game. So we're 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 going there, Wes. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Lamar actually has more. Uh, doesn't turn the ball over 22 more times in the second yeah. half. Yeah, it's been a rough year for Lamar. Two wins, uh, bottom of the barrel there in the whack. Now, just uh, just a uh, really, really bad basketball team there. Uh, but uh, we'll say this uh, real quick. Uh, by the way, 
Kelly, in the NBA here, uh, Boston and Brooklyn, Brooklyn down 15. Has this been as non-competitive as this seems right now, but just checking in on it right now? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's uh, it, It's been rough. I mean, Brooklyn is – you're trying to work in these pieces that are supposed to be role players around Durant and Irving and uh, Ben Simmons, I guess, now, and it's just – it's tough. It's tough. But, but you know what? I don't really care as long as Drummond gets over 20 and a half points of rebounds. Right now he's at 17, so I like that. Oh, you're in good shape. Yeah, looking pretty good. Yeah, he's he's only got six rebounds. With Drummond, I expect to see like 12 or 13 mm-hmm. every night, but he's actually got 11 points. Nothing wrong with that. No. Hey, any way you can get it, Kelly, yeah, right? I keep taking it, yep. Any, any way you can get it. One one college basketball game we didn't mention, it actually starts at the bottom of the hour here mm-hmm. uh, in the Pac-12, and a very important one. And one where uh, if you're you're not really into this that much, you may say, hmm, this is an interesting one. UCLA at Oregon, this was three most of the day. We're starting to see two and a half yeah. now on Oregon, on the road in Eugene against the Ducks. And by the way, it looks like Tiger Campbell, I believe he was working out and warming up him and Peyton Watson. So looks like the Bruins may be at full strength. I haven't seen that reacted to yet in the number. I did take the Ducks here, though, plus three. I actually took three and a half, but that wasn't available for the showtime. Uh, if you look at... Uh, Oregon did beat UCLA about a month ago down there in Pauley Pavilion. And uh, really, you know, I thought I thought did well. They were double-digit underdog and took it to UCLA. UCLA, by the way, has a three-game winning streak. And usually when you get those ranked teams on a three- or more-game winning streak, I consider them, I call them the fat and happies. Yep. And I think that could be what you get with UCLA. By the way, tonight, UCLA, credit them for the wins, but their opponents – in the three-game winning streak for UCLA, have gone 15 of 36 from the three-point line. So, uh, look, if Oregon could get a good shooting night from uh, Quincy Guerrero and uh, Richardson and those guys like he had against Arizona, you know, Oregon maybe could get him. And I think Oregon now is the time. We kind of thought Dana Altman and his guys were really figuring it out, too, about a month ago. It's like, okay, slow start for the Ducks, but Dana Altman being a terrific coach does what he does because I think they were 6-6 six and six after they lost to Baylor. And then they won, like, uh, 10 of their next 11. Well, now they've lost three of their last four, 17-10, and 10-6 10 and six in the league. A couple bad losses, too. A bad loss at home mm-hmm. to Colorado, bad loss against Cal, and then a bad loss to Arizona State. But getting UCLA and USC, who they swept down in Southern California, you get a sweep here in Eugene. I think Oregon's in good shape. And also, too, Wes, they always have the get-out-of-jail-free card where years where Oregon is underachieved, they come to Vegas or wherever the Pac-12 tournament is, like they did in 2019, where that team was squarely on the bubble, Mm -hmm. and they steamrolled through everyone here in Vegas. It seems like they're number two, Arizona number one in terms of fan support, obviously, here. But it seems like when you look at the tickets at the T-Mobile Arena for the Pac-12 tournament, those schools probably have about 75 or 80% of them. So uh, the organizers love those teams in there every year because then when they're out, they're dumping their tickets, and then you got a half-empty building. No, I, you know who will benefit from that? You and I. Correct. Because we can go to the games for like 10 bucks. Because there's not going to be any like Oregon State people or Wazoo people buying the tickets. Yeah, well, look, uh, getting out of Corvallis after this season might not yeah. be a bad idea for and, a few And days. I'm kind of holding my nose on that one, too. I kind of like them against USC tonight, by oh, the way. They're getting oh 11. Boy. But this is a team, Oregon State, oh that was, boy. what, one game away from the Final Four last year? Wayne Tinkle's bunch is really struggling, and he's a really good coach. But to see them with only three wins, here in late February.
Uh, you you will have more fortitude than I if you end up. Yeah, I said I'm debating it. I haven't I haven't hit click yet on the bet, but that kind of be where I'd go. USC, man, you watch that team. They live dangerous. They're man. erratic. Yeah, very it's erratic. Like they've got talent on that team, but they play some close shaves against some uh, teams that they ought to run out more regularly. They, they were very lucky on Sunday against Wazoo. They should have lost that mm-hmm. game at home, and they got away with it. A boogie by, Coleman bailed them out. By the way, big surprise that former prime time action uh, co-host Dan contributor Daniel Alvari on UCLA tonight. Shocker. Oh, <laughs> I'll believe you, Wes. <laughs> I've heard more. I've heard more shocking things. Well, I was a homer. <laughs> I bet. I bet my home team tonight. So I'm not hating. Just stating. Of course. Uh, of course. Danielle hosting the Los Angeles City Cast. Now uh, we're actually going to look at some baseball odds. Remember baseball? That's next on primetime action. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Primetime action rolling along here on a Thursday night. And what was a very cold day, actually, here in mm-hmm. Vegas, shockingly enough. I'm Jeff Parles, Wes Reynolds, Kelly Bidlin. The whole crew is here. By the way, uh, before we get to, a, 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 again, a really good question from our guy, Ryan Hyatt, on the tweets tonight. The uh, Lamar turnover count is up to 27, Wes. Mm-hmm. 27 turnovers, they 22 have more turno- points. Okay, they have more turnovers than points, yes. <laughs> and uh, only 17 shot attempts. Somehow they've taken 15 free throws, which is very impressive. It, it, it's a rough, it's a rough time for Lamar. <laughs> what, a, what an amazing box score that's going to end up being, in all honesty. But let's uh, let's go to this good question, and and really, this is this is a big question for you, a good question for you, and a good question for Kelly here from our guy Ryan Hyatt. The question is: better way to bet golf, pre-flop and going for longer shots, or in-game when you have a clear feel for the tournament, or can you utilize a hybrid approach and quote unquote hedge players? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, you could do it really both ways. I think it, it depends on what you're comfortable with. Uh, just looking, because 
You know, usually what I do for these outrights, I'll have, depending on the size of the field, obviously, if there's only like a 50, 60 player field, I'm not playing seven, eight guys. But, you know, something like that, when there's 150, 160 players, I usually will have that and I'll have them at different increments. So I'm not playing the same that I would play on like a 300 one shot that I would on like a 25 to one shot or something like that. So it really all depends. I mean, you know, what I would say in terms of getting used to betting golf is kind of the way I would treat it a little bit even though it's a different type of bet with like horse racing like when people get involved in horse racing don't play all the pick sixes and all the exotics right away there's nothing wrong with the win bet or a win place bet like you know twenty dollars the win place on the five so that's twenty dollars on the win twenty dollars on the place to finish first or second there's nothing wrong with like a win bet or maybe even to get involved here play some top 20s play some of those type of props because when you're on an outright win because we don't necessarily have each way betting here in the United States. You don't necessarily get the luxury of, okay, I'm going to bet a hundred dollars. Let's say on a guy at 50 to one, where half my bets going to go on the win at 50 to one. Let's say he doesn't win. He finishes third. Okay. I'm out that 50 bucks, but then I get the other 50 that I wagered on that on. If he finishes in a certain amount of places, like, you know, quarter payout by five places or six places, they don't have that over here in the States. I wish that they did. I think it would make golf betting more fun. But the way you can kind of do that, of course, is to play top fives, top tens. At least you get a payout. But, yeah, I think when you look at at getting involved in terms of in play, especially if you have the stat stuff that, like, Kelly Bidlin and I look at it, like Data Golf and, you know, Fantasy National, which updates where it's like, This dude gained, you know, five strokes on putting or five strokes on approach. Usually when you have that many gain on putting, that's where you want to go against in like a matchup because you can't sustain that. It's virtually impossible to have that statistically sustainable. So that's what you want to look at at least a little bit. But, yeah, getting involved in hedging. Now, when you're wanting to do that hedging and stuff – it depends on how much exposure you have. Right. If you only have three or four guys, then it's a lot easier than if you have like seven or eight guys. So, you know, I think it's taken a hybrid approach. Like Kelly was mentioning earlier, and I thought he was spot on, this Honda Classic right now, this is a good in-play tournament. Whereas like last week going in the final round with Neiman and then Cameron Young was 16 under, and then the third place guy I think was like 12 or 13 under going in the final round. So it's like... That is so hard. You have to have a guy melt down because a guy probably isn't going to catch him, you know, seven or eight shots back. And, Wes, that's hard to do when you're playing on a course with no water, basically Mm -hmm. no penalty areas, Mm -hmm. for really to expect Neiman to to fall apart at any point. Once he got into round four, it it, it was – it was pretty certain he was going to win wire to wire. I think it's a great question from Ryan. It, it, uh, you know, luckily we live in a day and age now with sports betting where I can answer it like this. There's not necessarily a right or wrong way to bet golf when it comes to whether pre-flop or live, right? And that can, you can say that about so many sports that we bet nowadays. As long as you have a plan and sometimes whatever that whatever conditions might exist are going to influence that plan of mm-hmm. how much you want to bet pre-flop, how much you want to bet during a tournament. I think things that like there's often guys that we isolate and we circle west, right? That we want to bet, right. but maybe the odds aren't good enough. We just we just don't like the odds. Well, wait around. Wait half around. Mm-hmm. See if those see if he drops he drops a few strokes. Has one bad hole that puts him off. You might be able to find him at the odds then that you were looking for to bet him at. I think the other things other things I just wrote down quickly of that w- that would keep me off betting a guy 
pre-flop that I look in-game is weather. If you don't know what, what the mm-hmm. weather's going to do, you know, maybe early in a round or Draw something. Draw bias, you, yep. You yep. want your guy to get through that. Then you might want to bet him afterward. Injury-wise, like I think Daniel Berger, how I bet him this week, is a perfect example. This is – Berger was my top – was really my top guy this week. I would have loaded up on top 20 bets and matchups on him if I was not concerned about him still having a slight injury to that back. So I, all I did was really play a small outright and then was hoping to get in on him in tournament if he was down at all right after round one. I, that's not really an option, but maybe that opportunity presents itself here after round two or round three. And one more thing here on this is uh, it's kind of more comparable to my horse racing analogy. One thing that you could do, too, if you're not getting involved in outrights or you're not comfortable, there's nothing wrong necessarily with, like, full tournament matchups where it's like, yep. hey, I just got to beat one guy. I don't have to beat 100 guys or 125 or 150 guys, however many are in the field so there's one way to kind of target and usually for those that are new to matchups I recommend full tournament matchups first before you get in a round by round because round by round is a lot of like stat variant stuff and if you don't subscribe to those sites that are going to give you that strokes gain data that's why I recommend the four round tournament matchups uh, also that you you hit it I, I mean you hit it perfectly West before when you're if you're if this is a this really wasn't a question about people that are brand new to golf betting, but if you are brand new to golf betting, don't go out there and just fire outright after outright. That's a good way for, for, uh, for mm-hmm. your bankroll to go from whatever right. you set it at to zero in a few weeks if you don't hit something. So mm-hmm. that's, I would almost say, don't bet any outrights. Bet some top 20s. Right. Bet some top twins. If, uh, get your top feet 10s. wet. Yeah. Some top 40s, yeah. Exactly. If you're yeah. trying to get a feel for a model or different way that you're trying to look at golfers and how you want to bet them, then go for a few months of just betting those and see how your results have done and then start loading up on some outrights. Yeah, absolutely. I totally endorse that. I did no no argument for me there. I again when I uh, I spent a, a good amount of time in New Jersey uh, in the bulk of the early stages of the pandemic and that was how I really again still not betting a lot of golf but mm-hmm. top 20, top 30, top 40 markets are good ways to at least Dip your feet in. You're not don't don't bet a ton, obviously, but it, it's a nice little way even to pick up some plus prices as well. Yeah, Jeff. I mean, the other thing then, if you you know if you were doing that back in Jersey, I think the other thing that I like, think I try to tell people this all the time. Okay, if you were going to go bet a baseball game and you're betting a money line. If you saw a 70 cent difference from one shop to the other, you'd freak out and run to bet that. You see that all the time. If you're looking at oh, these yeah. finishing position markets in golf, top 20, you could get a price of plus 150 at one shop and plus 250 at another. Easy. So, like, it is, I mean, shopping around is always going to be 100%. important, but that is, these markets are new. They don't get bet into as much. There's a lot of opportunity for profit. I'm pretty sure the biggest difference I saw between the two major books that are out there. I think it was a dollar forty-five. Yeah. It was something insane. You'll like see that. stuff like that regularly. Yeah. If no, you're 100%. shopping around East Coast books, you will see that stuff regularly. Let's uh let's talk a little baseball real quick okay. here because I let's face it, I'll be completely honest with both of you. Until this CBA is signed and right. agreed to, I don't know how we can really bet this with not knowing how many games could right. potentially being 
he played. The Dodgers, shockingly enough, Wes, are your, still your favorites to win it all at 7-1 at DraftKings. Yankees and Strohs at 9-1. The Mets at 10-1. Jays and White Sox 11-1. Padres 13-1. Everyone else 14-1 or longer. And by the way, not just the uh, lockout and the uh, stoppage right now, but also the fact that there's still some big-time free agents out there, namely Carlos Correa, who linked up, of course, with Scott Boris, that being his new agent. He turned down the Astros extension, so he could end up back there, but we've heard rumors uh Dodgers, perhaps Yankees. They're always rumored because they're the big spenders. I know Joe Sheehan was on with Brady Cannon and I the other day, and he was saying, maybe watch out for Philadelphia here, that mm. they could perhaps get in the mix on Correa. Of course, uh, the Mets were very active spenders in the offseason. I'm not sure I buy. I know Scherzer and DeGrom, that's a hell of a combination, but when you get into that back end, you worry a little bit about, about the Mets. Uh, so, you know, I, I and Blue Jays, they were kind of a team I've been saying, okay, wait till next year. They're going to be good next year. Maybe next year is now here. However, at just 11 to 1 Way to win the short. World Series, I, I could not bet that at all. No, I. We, here's the problem. We have so many guys that are still free agents. Mm-hmm. Like, Freddie Freeman could leave the Braves exactly. and go to the Yankees. Exactly. And then the Yankees all of a sudden are the betting favorites to win the World Series. Right. Yeah, so that's why I think you have to hold off on this. And obviously, season win totals are not going to be up, assuming that we have a shortened season. Yeah, again, uh, Monday's apparently the deadline. Apparently, there's been not much progress made. Just, guys, it's the most talent you've ever had in your mm-hmm. sport. Find a way to get a deal Quit done. Quit shooting yourself in the you-know-what. Yeah, yeah it's, just not, it's just not worth it to even possibly miss games for Major League Baseball. We got some late night hoops in college and NBA and also late night ice action as well. We break it down on primetime action next. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN's betting splits are now available at VSIN.com. This new feature gives you Insights on where the money and bets are moving for every single game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on number of tickets, where the money doesn't match public opinion, and much more. Data is available for money line, total, and spread bets. Betting splits, another way. VSIN is here to make you smarter bettors all year round. Check it out today. The betting splits available for every single game. VSIN.com. It is primetime action here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles. Wes Reynolds here. Kelly Bidlin here. Wes, we have a really fun start Mm -hmm. in San Francisco. 25-23, Gonzaga leads, but this has been... Everything you would ask for if you bet an over in this game. You know, so far. Uh, we have those city casts here at Visa, and I was on the Denver city cast mm-hmm. with Holden Kushner, and he was asking me about this game. He's like, How do you bet an under in a Gonzaga game? And I go, Well, I'm not going to test that theory tonight. It's going to be the <laughs> over here. 157 and a half, 158 was a closer. By the way, 25 to 23, Gonzaga up, uh, looking for a live total here. It's in the 170s. I think 173 right now is the last that I saw, but we're both on the Don here and uh, I even mentioned too and I tweeted this a couple weeks ago because I think I had Portland against them in Spokane and they were getting 30 something they only covered by like a half a point I'm like if you cover in a WCC game against Gonzaga you should get paid double 
whatever you wager. Like, they should give you, like, two to one, basically, on that because it's so rare. But nevertheless, 25 to 23. We do have a final score in the NBA. One gets home for me. That's the Detroit Pistons. Outright 106-103. But we were watching that over the break. Scramble drill. I think Cleveland had about four or five offensive rebounds and about four or five open threes on that last possession. So, uh, uh, fortunately, uh, my money did not get pistoned away. Look at that. The apple juggling winner video. He's doing that juggling. You know, that guy kind of looked like our buddy Patrick Everson in the face. There. I was like, <laughs> was that Patrick Everson on that Twitter? Of course, a, a guest here on v and an overall good guy and bon vivant as a Las Vegas sports betting-based reporter. Everson, Everson's probably listening. Everson, I'm sure you can uh, juggle a bunch of apples. Like that while you're right. Come on. Tweet at us if you can or cannot. He did kind of look like him in the face, though, but uh, uh, Patrick, uh, Patrick, uh, a lot more uh, skinnier fella than that gentleman. Yeah, I would, I would agree on that. By the way, Gonzaga shooting 77% to begin this game, Wes. <laughs> so, uh, well, I, if I, they do that the rest of the night, then our dons are not covering. I yeah, can tell no, you that. I, I, I was about to say, though, you have Gonzaga shooting 77%. You're only down two. You got to feel pretty good right now, in all honesty. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, look, this is the season almost for USF. Now, they still could perhaps win the WAC tournament. That, of course, held right here in Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena. So, look, they could still get in, but you got to think, man, if they pull this upset tonight. Dons are looking really good for an at-large. I think the West Coast Conference is going to get at least three teams. I think they deserve four. I do, too. I think BYU deserves to be there, too. I think the Mountain West deserves four. Now, are they going to get maybe kind of jammed with more teams out of the ACC than the ACC really deserves? I I think the ACC only deserves, like, three teams. Now, somehow, some way, they're going to get at least five, you would think. Duke deserves to be in. Wake Forest. Wake Forest deserves to be in. I'd say Notre Dame. Notre Dame probably does because they've actually won conference games. Carolina. Carolina will get in, in, even though I think they stink. And then Miami's the fifth one. Yeah, that's about it because I don't think like Syracuse should be in. Of course, not Florida State. They have absolutely fallen on hard times. If Virginia had beaten Duke yesterday, then they would have Virginia still could play their way in. Yeah, they're the interesting one. And do we really need to watch Virginia play in Dayton? Right. Do we really need to put some check there? I already got my 20 to 1 on you when you won the whole bundle. I don't need to see you play very much more. No No, offense, uh, Cavalier Nation. No, we don't don't need to do that. You, You and I are. In total agreement there. Uh, let's go to some uh, late. Uh, let's go to some late NBA action here. Let's start with the nationally televised game. The Warriors are on the road at the uh, with the the Triple A G League Blazers tonight. Uh, the Warriors on the road, double digit favorites. They're laying ten. West total two twenty seven. Yeah, uh, this did get bet up. I kind of was leaning a little bit to the under here because, uh, look, uh, Iguodala not going to go tonight. Downgraded to out with a back injury. Draymond, of course, has been out. Wiseman, we know, has been out. GP2 is going to play. But Portland, gosh, they're kind of like the walking wounded. We know Dame has been out. Nurkic, as Kelly mentioned earlier, Eric Bledsoe recently acquired, not going to go. Keon Johnson is going to go. So, I didn't play this game. I thought that this number was probably about right. Portland, I think, clearly with the trade of McCollum was a seller at the deadline. Yeah, it is. Uh, with the trade of McCollum and Nurkic sitting out now, this team is they're, – they're the first to wave, officially wave the white flag, I would say. So I, I, I don't think you're going to be seeing me. Uh, Eric Bledsoe also out. He has the Achilles injury, so they're going to be holding him out. 
likely for most of the rest of the season, if not the entirety of the season. Um, no way you can get me to bet on the Blazers right now, probably for the rest of the season. This is a no bet here for me, unless you want to start looking at prop player props on that Portland side. Uh, I mean, Anthony Simons has been really picking up the slack scoring-wise. He's the first guy you're going to look at when it comes to that. Um, nothing from me tonight, though. That's going to be yeah. – numbers are going to adjust on him. They already have. Uh, but, yeah, you got to figure out – the points have to come from somewhere. That's the one thing that where player prop bets can come in useful. When you have teams that are doing stuff like this, you still know the points have to come mm-hmm. from somewhere. You just got to isolate who Somebody always scores on a bad team, <laughs> that's right? right. That, that's, that's what right. I've, I've been told. And uh, kind of unfortunate for Portland here. That's, by the way, if you've never been to a game up there, that's a great town and a great market for basketball. Uh, as my buddy, who uh, is is a hippie in his own right, he goes, these hippies love the Blazers up here in Rip City, but not loving this season. Josh Hart props tonight, Kelly? Maybe. Oh, man. I mean, that's kind of where you're at. That's yeah. where you're at. I, I'm not, I, I can't get there. I can't get there, Jeff. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are the guys. I'm laughing, but those are the guys you do need to look at. I, like, I, you're right. You are identifying the guys that are – what you're looking for is guys <laughs> that are going to get shots. Right. Josh Hart will get the field goal attempts at least. By the way, I, I have to uh, give a, a Lamar turnover update here, Wes. Mm-hmm. That's the most exciting thing in that game. Are, right are, are they at 35? We are ter- currently 33 points, 33 turnovers. Going to be dynamite to the finish there on that 64 to 33, by the way. <laughs> Abilene Christian, 718 left to go. Abilene, 18-point favorites. I think you're good. Yeah, I think you're good there. Uh, Lil Lamar end up with more turnovers than points. That's really what we're looking at there. One more NBA game coming a little bit later at the top of the hour. Uh, the Kings, they're hosting the Nuggets. Big total, 235 here. Denver laying mostly four in the market. There is some four and a half now as well. Mm -hmm. Jeremy Lamb and Davion Mitchell upgraded to give it a go tonight for Sacramento for Denver. uh, Rishon Holmes, a late scratch. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I did not even see that yet. So uh, yeah, Denver uh, down to four and a half or four at some places and four and a half at others. Uh, You know, we kind of think that maybe in March is where Denver is really kind of going to get right here. You know, once Jamal Murray, comes back once Porter Jr. comes back. We talked about that earlier with Mike Adams of the Sporting News that, hey, this Denver team, you know, eventually they're going to get right here just because the schedule, I think, really matches up for this team. But I don't know if this is a spot I necessarily want to lay these guys on the road here. I know Sacramento was a seller. You know, they did get Sabonis, even though they did give up Tyrese Halliburton to Indiana. And as a Pacer guy, I say thank you very much because they got their point guard of the future. So I'm going to stay away. I think this number's about right. Man, we have Ja Morant on the court grabbing his hip. Oh, that's not good. He he got off to the sideline to let them shoot free throws, but he is uh, grimacing in pain as he's grabbing his hip over there. Well, that will be something to monitor there in Minneapolis tonight. Of course, the Timberwolves and the the Grizzlies playing there, but that's the big news. John Morant. Uh, hobbling off, uh, you said holding his uh, yeah, his, holding his, his hip l- area, left hip area. He's yeah. being helped up now by trainers and teammates. You broke and it before the Twitter machine did because usually when there's an injury to a star player, it's you get the oh no all up and down the Twitter machine, and you know obviously hoping he's okay. Looks yeah, like look- t- Tim Bontemps says he's grabbed his hamstring, upper hamstring area, so maybe it's more of that. He is going back to the locker room oh, now. Boy. So something to keep your eye on 
both for betting and not betting reasons, because, man, what a season John Morant was having. 71-67, to 67, by the way. Minnesota leading 522 left to go in the third. West was yeah. on the uh, T-Wolves in that one. Uh, but that's something to monitor, because Memphis was the one team that, in that two-seed market we talked about last night, maybe you take a shot on them mm-hmm. to get the two-seed. I know Morant has missed some time this year, but... That would become an awfully big uphill battle for them if Moran misses any time this deep into the year. Yeah, it also opens up markets like, you know, I mean, MVP, if he misses any significant time, he's probably, you know, gone from that most improved player who he's the odds Mm -hmm. on favorite for right now. Um, You never know how things can change with that, so keep your eye on that news if you're looking to bet any of those markets. Getting back to this this second late-night game, uh, especially with Holmes out tonight, Man, I, I was pretty close to betting the Nuggets already. I might end up betting them here before this game tips off. They are – Sacramento can do nothing defensively inside. Nikola Jokic should have, do anything he wants against the Kings down low tonight. Um, I'm with you, though, a little bit, West. This spot right after the All-Star break, not my favorite. I don't know. Might be a play for me. Nuggets laying four in Sacramento. We put a bow on primetime action. Next, V-Sin. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Primetime action here on VSIN. Happy to be with you live from the South Point. Jeff Parles, Wes Reynolds, Kelly Bidlin. All right, let's try to stump Wes Reynolds here since we won't. We probably We're going to play won't. stump the jerk here. <laughs> so, and I'm the king jerk. So here. the last 20 years, Wes. Uh, and again, Ken Palm is not the end-all, be-all, but it is a tool that is mm-hmm. used here. Over the last 20 years, three teams from the end-of-season rankings ended up out of the top six. So only three teams have ended up out of the top six when, in the Once last the season's years. concluded, Correct. you're saying. Correct, yes. Only three of them. Who are the three teams? Uh, I'm going to say one of them was the, uh, I believe, 2014 Connecticut Huskies. Yes, that was the worst one. They were ranked 25th. Because I remember uh, they were down low because they were not ranked very high in the efficiency. Remember that year they should have lost to St. Joe that in the was, first uh, that, round? Yes, that was Amita Brima yeah. with a three-point play yeah. late as a 49% free throw yeah. shooter. So I knew UConn was at least one yep. of the of the uh, teams that won. Uh no, not Maryland. I was thinking Maryland. No, that was too far ago yeah. anyway. 
Yeah, so... Uh, Am I actually going to stump you here? Well, I got one of the three. So, in terms of national champions, yes, you're saying, yes, right? Yes, Uh There was one year. Uh, that One of those years, Florida. No, I, Florida, Florida was in the top six. Because I thought maybe that year with George Mason. No, they, when uh, George they, Mason made the Final Four they, in Indy, they, I thought. They ended up because they had a very dominant tournament run that year. Right. So, it pop, popped them up. Right. So, do uh, you want them? Yeah, I, Syracuse is one of them, isn't That's it? That's correct. 2003 Syracuse with Carmel. Can you get the last one real quick? Mm, no. How about Connecticut in 2011? Oh. <laughs> was that a... Kemba the, Walker. That was cardiac Kemba. Cardiac okay, Kemba. 2011. Yeah, that's there right. They were 32 How do you like that? Nine. The UConn Huskies are responsible... For the two two of the worst Ken Pop teams yeah, I, to win the title the last you 20 You know, years. I'm getting so old, I confuse my years because <laughs> I thought Kemba was the 2014 run. That was Shabazz Napier. That was the correct. 2014 yeah. run. I think I said that on the air the other day, so I correct myself a couple days late. 100%. Wes, let's get into some games starting at the uh, top of the uh, top of the 10 o'clock Eastern hour. By the way, Kelly Bidlin's in on Minnesota live right now with the uh, John Morant injury, which... If we get anything else before the show ends, we'll let you know. Uh, as of right now, we're uh, looking at uh, Grant yeah. leaving with either a hip or a hamstring, Kelly. Yeah, he headed back to the locker room. I haven't seen any more updates on that. I, I, I'm not. I'm guessing he's not returning tonight. That's why I made that bet. But um, yeah, it, we're, I've seen hamstring on Twitter. To me, it looked like he was grabbing more of that outside hip area. But we're not doctors, so we'll wait for an we actual. Are, we, you are mm-hmm. correct. We are definitely not. Doctors. Well, apparently, you don't have to be nowadays, though. <laughs> But I digress. <laughs> Let's go to another another WCC matchup. Uh, St. Mary's, who Wes St. Mary's kind of flown under the radar this year. Mm-hmm. They're they're as good as any St. Mary's team that's ever that Randy that Randy Bennett's ever had there in Moraga. Yeah. Uh, tonight they're on the road. They're at the uh, Jenny Craig Pavilion there in San Diego to take on the Toreros of San Diego. And right now uh, this is twelve and twelve and a half now with the Gales. I lean St. Mary's here. Obviously, I did not elect to lay the 12 tonight because, of course, we know what they have on Saturday. They've got the uh, perhaps and will still be even if they lose tonight. Number one, Gonzaga Bulldogs coming into Moraga on Saturday night. So you always worry a little bit about that. If there's going to be a look ahead here, I think St. Mary's a little bit is better than USD, though. They did play them back a couple Thursday nights ago, actually two weeks ago tonight, 86, 57 in the first meeting. Uh, so it would be St. Mary's or pass, but I'm going to leave it alone. Yeah, I I, I'm in the same boat as you. It'd be St. Mary's, if anything, but I'm going to leave it alone as well. And that total, again, 127 and a half. It's a classic St. Mary's team. They're mm-hmm. efficient, but they play slow. And and they really, you know, they usually always have like a standout. Like you, we all remember Delhi, and we all remember Omar Samhan mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, Mickey McConnell and some of these guys. They really don't have a star. They just have a good team. Randy Bennett gets in that Australian pipeline and brings these kids in and just wins games year after year. There yeah, was, there, go ahead, Kelly. I, I didn't really have anything to say, Jeff. My eyes, my ears just kind of lit up, and then my eyes lit up when I heard Delhi because Matthew Delvedo was just fantastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, whether it's college version or NBA version, it, it just that, that kid was fun to watch. But yeah, Kukuzi, uh, I would say, is the closest to to those guys yes. this year. Yes, uh, for uh, for uh, St. Mary's, not uh, n- n- I don't no relation to Bob. No, no relation to Bob on the current St. Mary's Kuzi. Number two is in action though tonight. They're on the road in. Uh, in Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. big favorite on the road, no shock here. Arizona laying ten and a half or eleven 
in Salt Lake against Utah, who has really had all sorts of problems this year uh, on the court. 150 and a half your total. Yeah, I'm going to see if Brandon Carlson, the center for Utah, is going to play. He was questionable at an ankle, so I'm searching to see if he was given the give it, go ahead and give it a go here at the Huntsman Center tonight. But, you know, Arizona is one of those teams. They uh, have obviously won eight in a row, so, you know, could be a little fat and happy. They did hold on to get that win over Oregon on Saturday. They are currently 14-1 and one in the Pac-12 Conference. Hell of a job done by Tommy Lloyd. I believe that they are two and a half up on UCLA and USC who they beat at home already. They did uh, lose to uh, UCLA back on January 25th. So you go to Utah and Colorado, and neither of these teams are, are necessarily great. But this could kind of be a little bit of a tricky trip, I worry, for for Arizona. And uh, they smashed Utah, actually, uh, January 15th, 82-64. I don't recall. I don't have the uh, ATS log in front of me. I don't know if they covered that game. It was probably, like, right around the number where Utah may have gotten in. They lost by 18. But If memory serves me correct, that depended on what number you got. Because there were 17-and-a-half, 18-and-18-and-a-half available. Yeah, so uh, I would lean Utah here. Utah, I think, has played a little bit better ball. Remember, they started 1-11 right. in the Pac-12, but they, I believe they won three of their last five. They beat Oregon State. Obviously, Oregon State's the pits. <laughs> Lost a tough one at home to Oregon. I think Ben Wilson, actually, our buddy, was, yeah, ben, on, was ben on that Wilson, call for Ben that Wilson was on the call. Oregon up 16 with four yeah. minutes to go, and Utah almost came all the way yeah, back. Yeah, and then they lost at Colorado by five, but Utah did go up to the Bay Area and swept Stanford and Cal, mm-hmm. so maybe a little bit of confidence. Obviously, you're outmanned against one of the best teams in the country in Arizona. Looking at a number one seed, uh, we're going to get two, perhaps, West Coast number one seeds. Gonzaga might be the one to stay out west. Arizona may get shipped to the Midwest or the East or somewhere like that. So one of those West Coast teams is going to get shipped here. But I lean lean Utah here at plus 11. Not a lot of conviction behind it. I would say Arizona probably most likely going to San Antonio at this rate. The South South region, region. yes. Um, More likely to not – They'd probably have to fall to go to Philly, Chicago, mm-hmm. or San Antonio, assuming Gonzaga doesn't fall out of the one seed, even though I think Gonzaga could probably lose twice and still right. get the number one overall seed. Uh, you mentioned this earlier, Wes. You still have an hour and ten minutes before Oregon State hosts USC. This is a ten and a half, mostly now. Trojans laying on the road at Oregon State. Who uh, My dad actually asked me this question, and I, I will have to effort this at some point. Got to imagine Oregon State is the is heading towards the least amount of wins ever for a team that made the Elite Eight the previous season. Yeah, Only yeah. with four right now getting ten and a half at home. I know they lost personnel, but I didn't see this coming. But you look at USC, and I do kind of lean Oregon State here in this spot. USC is a team that's 23-4, and four, but boy, you watch them play, and they are underwhelming. They are a team that I think is, you know, primed to maybe be a top-four seed, perhaps, maybe a protected seed, and get beaten in the first round. They were life and death against Washington State on Sunday. Actually, probably should have lost. They only beat Washington by 10. They beat UCLA by 3. That's a good win. And then they had a weird scheduling spot a couple weeks ago at Pacific where they were down with less than five minutes to go to a Pacific team that is near the bottom of the WCC. And UCLA, they just, or USC rather, they just haven't blown a lot of teams out. I think uh, the only game above 10 points this season that they've won, they beat Arizona State, I believe, by 22 points. But a lot of these Trojan games have been real close shaves and wouldn't be surprised if they get one in Corvallis tonight. All I could say is USC, don't lose the game outright. 
Just don't do that. Mm-hmm. That, that. That would be as bad of a loss that any Power 5 team has taken all year, basically. Maybe maybe Florida against Texas Southern probably right. is still the, the uh, torchbearer for that this year. Bad Power 5 losses. But, I, look, I... I don't want to lay double digits on the road with USC. No. The only the only thing is Oregon State has seemingly quit, though. So that is something to monitor as well. That's what's kind of given me a little pause here because I do want to fade USC, but obviously you're having to do it with the worst team in the Pac-12 if you go ahead with the Beavs. Absolutely. By the way, quick updates, but before we go here on the college side, Illinois 35, Ohio State 29, 245 to go first half. Kofi Cokeburn basically doing whatever he wants mm-hmm. so far. And now one, Gonzaga and the Dons. Oh, Chet Holmgren with a big slam on a break there to put Gonzaga back up by eight with a minute 44 to go. Holmgren, by the way, Pretty darn good at this basketball thing, 12-7 and seven so far first half, Wes. Yeah, you look at his legs. I saw this team in person at the T-Mobile yeah. against UCLA over here, uh, right here in Las Vegas. Legs look like they're about to snap any minute now. Very toothpick-like legs, but not toothpick-like skills. This guy can really put the ball on the deck as he just did there on that dunk. And somehow John Morant is back in the game. So good for him. That's good. Not That's good not good for you, John. Good for John. Good That's for John. Good John for, must be praised, as Bob Marley not, not would say. Not good for Bidlin, but good for John Morant and Grizzly backers everywhere. That's all the time we had here on Primetime Action. For Kelly Bidlin, Wes Reynolds, I'm Jeff Barles. The uh, Nightcap, next on VEASAN. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.